0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I have a couple of short stories that were actually just told to me. And the first one I wanna start off with is something that happened just recently within the past couple of weeks. So one of my neighbors actually told me that when it was raining, we had a a few days of, where we got a pretty a lot of rain as far as Southern California goes and she lives right next door to me so when you come in to our neighborhood you're driving right towards her house so she can see from her front window the opening of the street in front of us and So, you know, she has a really good view, people walking their dogs and so on, and the traffic coming and going on that street that's um, right before you get into our neighborhood. She was telling me that it was at night and it was raining pretty heavily. And she just went to the front window to look outside because she could hear it really coming down. So she was there looking out of her window. She said it was probably around midnight. It wasn't, you know, too horribly late. And she said, all of a sudden, because she didn't see this figure walk, she said, it's like it appeared. And it was standing on the corner when you're going to come into our neighborhood like in your you know you're coming in straight for her house from that corner where she was looking she said it looked like a man and it just appeared there but she figured well who knows it's dark it's raining but what in the world is he doing out there just standing there so she continued to watch him. She said her house was dark. She doesn't think that he could see her. There was no light in her house. And he looked like he pointed his finger at her, like he pointed at her. She said, I saw his arm stretch out like he was pointing at me. But she couldn't really tell for sure. She said, the next thing you know he appeared on the sidewalk right there in front of her house. He didn't run there or walk there. It's like he just, in a second, in a flash, appeared on the sidewalk. And he held out his arm again like he was pointing at her. Now, she was pretty freaked out. So she backed away from the window and just went upstairs to go to bed. She said she couldn't sleep, of course. So a little while later, it wasn't raining anymore. Now it's about an hour later, and she went back downstairs to go look out of her front window again to see if she saw anything. She didn't see anything at all. But the next day, where he had been standing. She said she found like a little bunch of cigarette butts on her grass, like a little, she said there were like a little, you know, collection of cigarette butts. Not only that, but, you know, that kind of like piqued her curiosity. So she walked over there to the corner of where she saw him the first time. And there was another little collection of cigarette butts right there as well. So um, what this thing was, it, I mean, it was some kind of entity. It was some kind of phantom. We don't know for sure, but it seems that it left something there. How can something that really doesn't exist in a physical sense, how can something like that leave Object, an object like the cigarette butts if that is what left these things it seems to me like it had to have been it's on her grass right there you know he was standing on the sidewalk but it's like he could sit him down on the grass and then it was over there on the corner where she saw him in the the first time so i mean it's not like really like ooh spooky it's, you know, it's something that is unexplainable. We cannot explain it. And what was this person or humanoid, whatever you want to call it, what was it doing out there just standing there in the rain? So, we'll we'll never know. I mean, unless it happens again, we'll never know. The other... Incident that I wanted to share with you is This one client of mine He said that When he was a little boy They would go and You know uh, visit his grandmother His grandmother lived on the East Coast and They would have a family vacation and go visit his grandmother every year during summer vacation So he said that his grandma's house was you know old-fashioned it was like the back in the day even when i was a kid growing up people had like these little doily cloth things that they would put on their end tables and stuff i guess to keep them from getting scratched i don't know what they were for and so he said his grandmother's house was rather old-fashioned so he always had this feeling like there was something in the closet of the room where that was his room and they would go and visit her he said that the rooms were interconnected so that you could walk from one bedroom through the bathroom to the next bedroom and then there was another bathroom you could walk through it i guess it's called a jack and jill to the back bedroom the back bedroom since it was at the back of the house it didn't get a whole lot of sunlight it was pretty dark there all the time, and it had only one window. So that was the room that he occupied when they would go visit his grandmother. He said that the furniture in there was old-fashioned and the twin bed that was in there was like a really old-fashioned heavy wooden twin bed thing, and that the closet doors in the house were brown wood like if the walls were white or whatever color the walls were the closet doors in that house and all of the doors were brown just totally wood color he said that he would always have to make sure that that door was closed before he would go to bed and even when he was in there in the daytime because the room was always kind of dark The sun would come in like from the sideways, so it didn't come directly into that room ever. There was also, even though he says it was a small closet, a regular closet, being that the house was old, there was a little pull chain where you could pull the chain and a light bulb would go on in that closet. So he said that he always had this feeling you know, he would be in that bed at night going to sleep and he would turn his back to the closet because he didn't want to open his eyes one night and see that light on. He was just sure that there was a presence in that closet. He says, okay, one night he was asleep there and everybody was asleep and he woke up and the closet light was not on, but the door was open. Now, how could that happen? He was so you know, anal really about making sure that door was closed all the time. And he didn't even put his clothes in there. He just didn't want anything to do with that closet. And he was thinking, I am not gonna get up and close that door, but on the other hand, he was so scared, he was like, I might have to. He was at a, you know, like at a, well, I, I don't want to, but I might have to point at that time. So he says he got up quickly, closed the closet door, jumped back into his bed, pulled the covers over his head. Finally, he went back to sleep. He said he woke up again, and the closet door was open. He's like, okay, now I know that something's going on here. And he said he heard something, like clothes hangers moving in the closet. He got so scared, he came off the bed and got under it. He laid there underneath that bed with his eyes on the closet so he could see like the bottom, you know, the floor of the inside of the closet. And he said, something came out. It looked to him like, almost like a vapor, but he saw something come out. He says, and you have to remember it was dark. It was dark. It was nighttime. There was really no light coming from the outside or anywhere. And the thing that came out of the closet was darker. Then the night. He said it looked like it went upwards to like get on top of the bed. Even though there was no sound and he couldn't hear like, um, you know, when you get on a bed or on furniture, it's going to make some sort of noise. He didn't hear anything. It was totally quiet until something started pulling the blanket up that covered part of the underneath where he was, you know, like a bed skirt kind of thing. Something started pulling the bed skirt up until he just started screaming bloody murder. So his parents and everybody ran into his room and turn the lights on and what in the world's wrong and why are you under the bed and so on. And so he came out from under the bed and there was nothing wrong, like the the bedding on top of the bed. It was just as he had left it. There was absolutely nothing different except for now the closet light was on. No one turned that closet light on. He said he could see everyone's feet because he was under the bed. And even though he was screaming, they turned on the light in the bedroom, but not the closet. He said that um, he never, ever wanted to go to his grandmother's house again. And he never told anyone like his grandmother. He never told his grandmother or his parents that he saw, you know, something come out of the closet because he didn't want them to start questioning him and thinking that he was nuts he swears that he saw this and this really happened and i know that there are plenty of people who have had experiences like this i know plenty of them i don't think that every kid just decides to make up a story about the monster in the closet and so that is something that yeah i believe that and when he was telling me the story he was just like you know it to this day i have a thing about closets he doesn't like i mean after having an experience like that i can't blame him but he says closets just um they do something to me and especially a, a light in the closet because he asked me, do you have a light in your closet? I said, actually, yes, I have two of them. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, just, that's way too much for me. I would take the light bulbs out of there. So that really traumatized him. I know um, a person that I actually knew. This is like when I was in the, I don't know, sixth grade or something like that. And she had a bunch of brothers she was the only girl and she had like seven brothers and or eight brothers. She had a lot anyways. And one of her brothers used to like to eat in his room and he was always getting in trouble because he was just, you know, eating and leaving bowls in his room and all of this stuff until one day something happened to him and he never ate in his room again. And she said that he was in his room and he was laying on his bed and he was eating grapes. And when he was done with them, he got that grape thing, you know, that thing that looks like a tumbleweed almost that the grapes are attached to. And he tossed it under his bed because that's what he did. He'd He'd eat stuff in there and just throw the stuff under his bed. So he tossed that thing under his bed and it came back out. like someone was under his bed and threw it back out at him. And he ran out of his room. And of course, they had a lot of brothers, but there was no one in there. There was no one in his room, no one under his bed. Yet, that happened to him. And he never ate in his room again. I mean, nothing. So that's something else that I, I believe that that really did happen. And I remember her telling me that story. So, um... I even heard a story about um, this kid who swore that there was a monster in the closet. And, of course, you know, you're a kid. They think, ah, oh, it's your imagination. You play too many video games or whatever. You read too much. Uh, whatever that kid was. Perry Stone, whatever that those books were. And... Um, he swore, there's something that's coming in and out of that closet. Even when we're not here, even during the day, something is coming, I'm telling you, coming in and out. And so, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. No one believed him. Until one day, he was in his room when the closet door started opening. He heard the the doorknob it was a closet with a doorknob and he heard it and he was in his room and he looked and he turned around and saw the door opening. And so he ran and got under his bed because he couldn't think of anything else to do, I guess, until he saw, he said, like feet, but like with claws, like the feet were some sort of claws. and it walked and got up on top of his bed while he's under it. And he could hear this thing on top of the bed. He could hear it breathing and making some sort of noises. And slowly, he said, the thing, like if you're laying on your stomach and you let your head lean over the side of the bed to look under it, That's what it did. And he had eye contact with this thing. I don't recall anything about uh, any of the details about what this looked like, but I know that he said he had eye contact with this thing. And that's, I hate to tell you this guys, but that's the only thing that I can remember about it. I think, well, he probably got out from under there and took off running out of that room. And then when his parents and everybody went back in there, well, there was, of course, nothing. Like, no proof, no evidence, no nothing. I do believe that um, there was an incident that involved his parents. I believe that something happened in front of his parents where they finally believed this kid. But, um yeah, these stories are from all over the place or from all different countries. You know, you'll hear about these type of things. They're creepy. And a lot of people, it's like dolls. A lot of people don't like dolls. A lot of people don't like closets. And a lot of people have, like, those um, captain beds where... You have drawers you know you can't put anything under your bed because you have drawers there a lot of people actually have those beds because they don't want to have an underneath the bed type of thing because they have been you know they have had an experience so that is um you know it's not just a one-time isolated event kind of thing The other thing that I wanted to share with you is this actually happened to me and a friend of mine and say this happened on a Friday night. Okay. So it was probably about 8 p.m. on a Friday night. It had been raining off and on all day and for some reason, We decided that, oh, we were gonna walk down to the gas station and get something, some some snacks and get some cigarettes, you know, that's back when um, we used to smoke. The gas station wasn't, it's not too far, but it's not really close. I wouldn't wanna do that again. I don't know what was wrong with us where we decided to walk there. It was more than a mile away it was dark and it was still, everything was wet. And there was a, a, there were a lot of puddles and a lot of, you know, the gutter areas that were full of water. So on the way back, we're walking back home and it was probably about 10 o'clock by that time. So we're almost back to the house and walking towards us, Not Okay, this is not creepy, but it is. Walking towards us is a family. They're all wearing the same color raincoats. And there was about five of them, like mom, dad, and three kids. And so they walked on by us like they didn't see us, like we weren't there and we continued walking. And my friend and I looked at each other and she said you know something about that is just kind of odd who comes walking you know taking a family walk at like this time of night when it's still kind of raining all wearing the same color raincoat they were wearing like rain ponchos and then she said uh Ah, you guys got some strange people in this town. Now, I don't know what she meant when she said that. She had been in this area longer than I had. She bought a house out in this area like before, you know, we were when we were still like in the San Diego area. She had bought her house out here. It wasn't until later on that she would start to, you know, once I asked her, she would start to share some of the things that were going on in that town. We don't live there anymore. I have spoken about it before on occasion. Um, And there are a lot of strange things that happen there. I started actually reading about it after I had a lot of people coming and telling me about all the things that would happen out there and different things. And um, even some of my neighbors were telling me, oh, I hear things like, I thought, my, I thought my son was home. And I heard noise coming from downstairs in the kitchen. And I went downstairs and no one was home. And just a lot of strange things. And it was in a new house, you know, all, all of that area. All the new houses, I mean, there was nothing old in that area. Even the markets, even the little shopping centers, everything was new. Well, we all know that doesn't matter. But when she said that to me, that's actually what got me looking around at where I lived at the time. I'll talk more about that later on because I have spoken about it before in the past. So... Anyways, um, that is just some of the stuff I wanted to share with you. One of the things that I would, I mean, when you talk about, uh, you know, like yesterday, we were talking about conspiracy theory, which I just want to call theory. I have some theories, actually, that I would, I'm going to discuss about missing people. And i'm not talking about the people like missing 411 i'm talking about people who have gone missing like madeline mccain and natalie holloway people like that like natalie holloway has been missing since since 2005 when she went on a trip to aruba you know the graduation trip that a lot of people used to go on and they would go to Hawaii or they would go here and there. Well, she went to Aruba and um, she disappeared, vanished and never came back. No one knows what ever happened to her. It's been almost 16 years now. I believe it'll be 16 years in June that this happened. I don't know. Um, in my opinion, it's very, very difficult to vanish these days with all the ways that they have of locating you even in 2005 I know it's you know like a long time ago but the technology was still there where you could find people nowadays it's like very difficult to vanish off the face of the earth just like it's very difficult to fake your own death people used to do that quite often it's Difficult to, I mean, think about it. It's difficult these days to even commit crimes. I mean, there are cameras everywhere. Of course, you, crime is not ever going to go away. But certain things is just a lot, they're a lot more difficult now. So, I mean, you can read about it. But there are just some really interesting theories about it. And how certain families just seem to, like, have a, um, like, they combine. How does that happen? It's like certain things I heard about this case, just like, when I first heard them, I was thinking, how in the world does that happen? It's almost like a plan, like a planned type of event. I'm not saying it is. Do I think it is? No. But it's almost like a planned type of event. Once I tell you about it, you might be thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, how does that happen? You know, is this some kind of club that these people... You know can get together what, what's going on here but anyways um that's about all i've got for now and i will try to be back on friday i really didn't even have time to read i just went with these stories that um these people told me today i thought they were pretty interesting you know they're a little bit different And I know that I've told you guys before that I would get up and look out the window myself. Like, I get up really early in the morning. Like, I would get up sometimes at 3.30. But this was before. You know, my work schedule was different before. But ever since, like, last March, I don't get up that early anymore. Now I get up. I mean, it's still early. I get up, like, 4.30. The latest I get up is maybe 5 a.m. But I do that same thing because I go... And I open, I start opening stuff. And I go into that room that faces the front of the house and I open everything there. And of course, you know what I'm opening, I can see outside, I notice what's going on. There's usually nothing. Once in a while, there'll be a brave soul out there walking their dog, you know, it's cold. But usually there's not a whole lot, you know, I, I don't see anything. Ever since the cat story, I, you know, it's kind of intimidating now, and now with this story about the humanoid-looking figure, that's kind of like, do I really want to do this anymore? Maybe I'll just wait till the sun comes up now before I open that those blinds in there. Just give you something to think about. So I will try to be back on Friday, and I will have had some time to read, hopefully. Look into some things, and I would—I'm going to um, tell you what I found out about the missing case of Natalie Holloway. All right. And until then, you know, I'm sure you guys can read and check it out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. I'm interested in it because to me, it's just—it's tragic and it's just never ending because you cannot close that file. It's like a book that you leave open. You never finish it. It's just there, open. That's kinda like what this is. And the girl was like 17, 18 years old, something like that. It's tragic. And what happened to her? All right, so I will see you guys later. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate all of you. All right. Talk to you later. Ciao.